as time has gone on, the return on investment has become less and less. We were getting initially a 12 to one. Now we're closer to two, 2.5. And that, at that level, that's not extremely profitable, if it is at all. And now with Zillow's morphing in, in Maricopa County, they have switched their pay per month uh, process to a referral based. Mastermind Agent is proud to present success calls. Top real estate agents from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the calls at www.mastermindagent.com. Hi, I'm Mike Cerrone with Mastermind Agent, and welcome to Success Calls. This month's top agent is Joe Borland with Remax in Avondale, Arizona. Last year, he closed 112 transactions with a total sales volume of $26 million. Sales price was $235,000, of which 50% were buyers and 50% were sellers. He has a nine-member team. Welcome to the call, Joe. Hey, thanks, Mike. Hey, Joe, it's great to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now, before we talk about what you're doing today, let's go back for a minute and talk about what you did before you got into real estate. Oh, sure. I, uh, I've been doing real estate for 18 years now, I think. Before I did that, I sold construction equipment and did that for a number of years. Did that in San Francisco, Seattle, here, and then realized that I, I really wanted to take more control of you know, my life and my business, and that was the way to do it, it was real estate. So it sounds like you came out of a sales background. Did that help you getting into real estate? Yes. Uh, we, we had sales training in, in the construction equipment sales. But it, was, it wasn't long-term relational selling. It was relational, but it wasn't long-term. Somebody was on a job, and then they were off. And sometimes you had some, some ones you wouldn't do more long-term. But it, it got me the skill set to be able to talk to people and get in front of people and not have that apprehension to where, you know, I'll talk to a log if they'll <laughs> want me. And that really helped. Uh, very good. So you, uh, you're, it sounds like you're an outgoing personality. Have you ever taken the DISC profile test? We hire to the, the DISC, absolutely. And I'm an I, so I go out and I don't mind talking to people, have a great time. Um, but we definitely hire to the DISC profile. It's an extremely important thing to what we do. So Joe, you're, a, you're an I, you're a bit of an outgoing personality. And now I believe you work with your wife. Uh, where is she on the DISC test? Yeah, she is a D. We can only have one D in the, uh, the environment here, and she is the one. So. <laughs> right. First, a quick word from our sponsor, Real GTV, real estate agent lead generation television. Need more referrals? Get a free script and simple three-part plan used by a top agent to receive and close 74 referral transactions in one year. Just go to freereferralscript.com. That's freereferralscript.com. Now, back to the show. So, you guys, have, been, have you been working together since the beginning? We've worked together for about eight years, I want to say. Um, she was in title sales before, so she, she was a title rep uh, here and then in Seattle and in San Francisco. She's always been in real estate. As a matter of fact, her parents were both real estate agents and her grandparents were real estate agents. So, you can imagine, and all, well, the, her, her parents were real estate agents here in Phoenix. And you can imagine if you come to dinner with us, you're probably going to talk real estate. <laughs> it's only going to be real estate. 
that's great. It's like a, a dynasty there. <laughs> that's fantastic. So, uh, Joe, let me ask a couple quick questions. First of all, how long have you been in real estate? About 17 years, since 2002. 17 years, 2002. Let's go back for a minute to when you first got in. I'm going to pull you all the way back there because I've got people listening who are new. Let's talk to them for a second. That okay. very first year, did you have a fast start or a slow start? I, I sold, I think, 35 homes my first year. And it was pretty, I mean, pretty fast. Um, I, I you know, was almost rookie of the year. And, and really, because I, I hit the ground running, I, I was selling construction equipment before, and I quit that job after about a week of starting real estate classes. I just didn't feel comfortable, frankly, knowing that I was going to quit and kind of taking their money. So I, I quit. Went, I just said, I'm just going to go gung-ho. I'm going to make this work because I have to. And with my wife's background being entitled, she gave me some tips and, and kind of pushed me along a little bit to say, hey, stop messing around doing that stuff. Go talk to people and do what you're good at. And so that's what we did. And uh, after about six months of doing it on my own, I did join a team. And that was definitely beneficial. And I would encourage anybody that if they're in thinking about doing real estate, join a team that's reputable, that's going to help you, that's going to train you the right way to do real estate. I give that advice to anybody that's listening. Let's break that down for a minute. The, the first six months you were doing it on your own, did you have any closings? Did you have any transactions? Yeah, I think I did. Uh, well, I, maybe it wasn't six months exactly. It might have been eight or nine, but I had, I had closed probably six deals, I think, seven deals, something around there. Okay. And then when you joined the team, it sounds like it rapidly shot up as far as volume. Is that correct? Yeah. And, and what happened is it, I still had about the about 50% of the homes that I sold while I was on the team came from my efforts. It wasn't just the team gave me, you know, 25 deals or something. I think at that point it was probably 12, you know, them, 14, me, something like that. It sounds like they gave you some foundation for you to advance, maybe some training. Uh, I'm just guessing you should probably tell me what was the difference between being on your own and having that team for that first year? Because you kind of have like a half and half, that second half of the year where you were on the team. What was the difference? What did they do to help you bump up that volume? Yeah, I, I, was, I got to see just more – I was more exposed to deals and situations and conversations and scripting. Uh, learning how to talk to people specific about real estate, that was uh, a really big thing. Understanding the contract more and having somebody to go to on those questions that I felt comfortable with, that, that was important. So what was the team providing? It sound, you said they provided some leads. You had some mm -hmm. transactions from them. What else were they providing to you? Transaction coordination, which was really important, and a place to actually work, an office, that was important as well. Um, I, I think one of the mistakes people make, is kind of a tangent here, is they, they really try to work out of their house and then that becomes distracting. And I was a perfect example of that, where it's shiny object syndrome, like laundry or dishes or TV or sleep. And you know, even though you're motivated, those things kind of pull you aside. So if you have a place to go to and you know, I'm going to go to the office every day and I'm gonna be there by 8.30 you're ready to go to work. And, and having that team and that environment got me in that mentality to make sure that I'm ready to go to work every day. And 
that's tough to do sometimes in real estate. How big was the team? There were two, depending on the, the, the time frame, two or three other buyer's agents. Uh, there was the head, uh, the team lead, and then two administrative people. And there were actually a husband-wife team as well, now that I think about it, but he wasn't necessarily in the team as much as he kind of was doing his own thing, but still provided guidance. The husband. There was about five or six people. Yeah. Uh, a smaller or medium-sized team, depending on what time frame you're, you're <laughs> That was probably a big team. <laughs> right. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and so it sounds like it worked pretty good. How long were you with the team? About a year. About a year. Mm -hmm. And what happened at the end of the year? It just we had some difference of opinion on i'll just say what was what was right and what wasn't right and i'm i i do things by the book i think the client comes first i wholeheartedly believe that and there was a situation that i don't feel that the team was really looking out for our client and it was a dual agency situation and i represented the buyer and i think that i was fighting for my buyer and i shouldn't have had to have that much fighting within my team for my buyer's sake, which was our client. And at that point, I just felt that there was too many choices to make. Um, and I wanted to make one, I wanted to make them on my own. And I felt comfortable that I could go do that. Yeah, culture inside of a team is so important, how people view things. And you're kind of bringing that up. And uh, it sounds like it didn't work out and you decide to go out on your own. Or, well, let me ask you, did you go out on your own or did you go to another team? What did you do next? Stayed at the same company, just went independent. And then I started my own team soon afterwards because I started getting really busy and I needed help. That's, and so let me ask you, when you brought in that help, who did you bring in first? An admin. That was my first hire. And I was a, you know, if we're talking mistakes, when you hire somebody, I hired a perfect person. I love her. Like still to this day, I wish I had her on the uh, work and she was great. Um, but the first day that she came to work, I said, um, I got to go. So I stay here until I get back. So she basically sat in my office for three hours while I went and showed property. So I didn't train her very well. And she, she was a quick study and figured out how to make it all work. But that, <laughs> that was a terrible uh, team lead at the time. <laughs> Hopefully I'm a little bit better now, but that was terrible. And she got a little bored and decided to go elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, so she figured it out, and we, you know, spent some time and finally trained her. But I had, I had nothing to fall back on as far as training goes. You know, I didn't know what I was doing, and I just knew I knew what I was doing, and I knew how to sell a house, but I didn't know how to train somebody else to relieve the, the pressure of what I needed for an administrative person that was unlicensed at the time. So. Uh, that was a learning experience. What, if, what do you do today in that capacity? As far as an admin, if you were to bring a new admin in and train them, do you have checklists and procedures and systems set up or do you just throw them in the, the pit and see what happens? Yeah, it's, it's extremely checklist oriented now. Uh, excuse me. You. Um, extremely checklist oriented now. We have basically training procedures for our positions. And, you know, through our coaching that we've done and through things that we've, you know, come across, we've come up with uh, policies and procedures manuals and, you know, best practices, uh, the things that somebody can come in and look at. And, and if somebody's motivated, they could learn quite a bit on their own just from these 
uh, checklist that we have, but we take the time, sit with them, and go over the processes that we expect and how to do things. And depending on the position, uh, it could be you know, a week or, or months uh, teaching somebody how to do things. How long do you think it took you to put those systems in place? Let's see, how long have I been doing this? <laughs> uh, it, it is an ongoing process, and we, we, we just continue to evolve those. But I, I would say we, we dedicated, like our, our fire agent um, onboarding process, we have a folder now with lots of checklists, and that took my wife, she was the one that was the head on that, a couple weeks of really, probably a week of actual, you know, hard intense labor to, to go through there and actually make that book. And then, you know, overall a couple weeks to really kind of tweak it a little bit more. But now we have, you know, who you're speaking with, you, what, when they meet with me, what are they talking about? When they meet with my wife, what are they talking about? With our admin, what are they talking about? With our receptionist up front, when you meet with the broker, what are you talking about? We have an entire checklist of who you're supposed to meet in the order in which you're supposed to meet them. So, all of that gets taken care of, and it's, it's, I would say dummy proof, but I'm sure I can screw it up. But we really make it to the point where you should know a lot of stuff by the time you're done with this kind of orientation onboarding process. When you first bring somebody in now, do you do an orientation, uh, an initial training, and if so, how long is that? It, it, Yes, is the answer. And, and we really have more uh, buyer agents training than admin staff because usually when you get the admin, they're bigger a lot longer and um, we're, we're, we don't have a turnover uh, very much. But uh, with the buyer's agents, it's, it's ongoing. And we've started a program now where uh, every other week we do a, a training, whether it's on the contract, whether it's on a scripting or anything else we have a list of, of topics that we go over you know how to comp a house uh what is an appraiser going to look at and so people can jump into that all year long if they want to it's just our own independent one uh but to go through that book and that training it's a few weeks you know you, it can make be a few days but really i'll tell you once you start really working with somebody that has questions then you're you know, that, that half hour time that you were going to spend with them turns out to be two hours in a flash. Joe, let's do this. I, I want to give people background so they know a little bit more about you. Let's do a quick speed round. So you've been in the business for, I think you said 17 years. How many homes did you sell last year? And what was your sales volume? Sure. We did uh, about a hundred and I want to say 12 homes, uh, somewhere around there, um, low 100s. We did about 26 million. And that was primarily with myself and three buyer's agents uh, to do that. And, you know, now we're on track for, I think, 30 million or something that we'll do this year. Yeah, I think your, uh, your year to date is right where you were last year at the end of the year. You're right around yeah. 110. Does that sound right? Yeah. And I think we're at 28 million so far. I think we'll, I think we'll hit that $30 million mark this year. And we're about uh, almost through the third quarter, so you got yeah. another quarter to go. Uh, and so you're going to uh, probably grow by 20 to 30%. What caused that to happen? Mindset shift. Uh, plain and simple. It was, a, it was a shift of our mindset in uh, really taking a look at what we wanted in a business. And you know, I'm trying to get out of production myself 
because I, I accounted for a significant percentage of our production. And now I'm trying to back that off so I can just be more of a trainer and really work with our agents and be there to help and write alongs and that kind of thing. Uh, so that I'm not necessarily tied to you know, client interaction as much. And my wife and I really had, had, with our coach that we have, decided that we're going to go ahead and make this a, a team that runs on itself, uh, runs itself, that, that does those things that we don't have to be here you know, every single day running the team. And, and once we've made that decision, we're starting to put the pieces in place to make that happen. You said that last year you were a significant part of the production. What was your production last year, your personal yeah. production? Percentage-wise, I was about 40 50% of the team and because I was the only one that did listings as well. So we had buyer's agents, and, and I did all the listings. And now we're shifting that to we have a listing partner at this point, and she's doing the, really taking the majority of our listings, and we're, and we're transferring those to her. And so if I'm doing the, if I was doing primarily the listing side, now I'm out of that. And I really don't work with, with buyers much anymore at all. So that's, that's where we're headed. Okay. So basically uh, last year you were able to do uh, listing volume in the neighborhood of uh, 50 closings uh, about right. four a month. Right. And you had a, you had a, a admin to help you with the paperwork and you were going yep. out and meeting all the folks and negotiating the deals. Correct working with yes. all the sellers. Great, because people wonder how many they can do on their own before they need some more help. And now you're bringing in a listing partner, a listing agent to run that side. Uh, and has she been able to pick up that volume? Yeah, it's a little slower than we anticipated, but that's a little bit of the market because it's it's September. Uh, and our we're, we're a little bit less than we were before. I think when the listing side, we're low right now. Uh, and that's partly because I don't think I accounted enough for the relationships and having those referrals from past clients and sphere come through with those connections. I've, I've slacked on continuing to do those follow-ups, which now I'm looking at back going, no, I still have to do those in order to get those referrals. I can't just expect the leads to come in. Like I think I was anticipating that was going to happen. So that was a learning lesson for me is to realize that now I still have to be having those conversations and doing my daily tasks of follow-up in order to keep those leads to come in, but she's going to go on the appointments. You can't just step out and go to the beach for a year. <laughs> no, 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 that dream did not happen. So right. the seventh level, well, it is a progression. And so you're yeah. through it. Uh, and that's good. Now you've mentioned that you have a, a coach that's helping you walk through this. Who's your coach? Uh, her name's Sarah. Uh, she's with the Bro workman group, uh, Sarah Goody. And she is back on the East Coast. She has a remote team. She actually lives in Florida, and her team's in Maryland. So having that, that person with her autonomy from her team, that she doesn't have to be there every single day running it, is you know, inspiring, something that we want to take more control of and, and, and mimic kind of what she's doing a lot. Uh, very good. And how long have you been coached? With Sarah... It's about a year and a half, I think. Um, I've had multiple different coaches through the Tom Ferry organization, as well as with Pearl Workman and mentors here that are local. So I, I've probably coached for eight years now, seven, eight years, uh, you know, off and on. And like I told my wife, I, I said, I think I'm finally getting coaching. 
<laughs> that after all this time, I'm finally understanding that I just need to do what they tell me and <laughs> trust the fact that, you know, they're looking out for our best interests and really just focus on what it is that they're, they're trying to accomplish for us. You're bringing uh, people in to take over your production. You're trying to step out of production and therefore your income is going to go down because you're going to have to pay some people. I assume the expectation is that your overall volume, you want to go up so right. it'll balance out and hopefully go above where you're at. Uh, what is your goal for volume for next year? Please um, say that we haven't done our, our uh, budgeting meeting yet. We're actually doing that. I think it's next week or the week after where we're, we should have done that already. But anyway, we're doing that in the next couple of weeks uh, where my wife and I will sit down and have that. Uh, we, if we're, you know, the way that I'm looking at it just generically, we need to add 50% onto what we've done to make up for you know, my loss of uh, production and to keep this, this team consistently producing. And it's not just about me. You know, the, the, we have team members that are providing income for their families and what they want to do. And it's really important to make sure that they're being fed. You know, it's, yes, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a component of the business, but there's other people that we're responsible for to make sure that they have an income as well. So we really need to, to push you know, more deals to them and give them the opportunity. To, and that's part of where I'm transitioning to that coaching and, and training aspect of it. Joe, you mentioned uh, you work with your wife. What's your wife's name? It's Courtney. Courtney. And so you and Courtney, you're working together. Uh, how, have you, how long have you been working together? About eight years. About eight, eight years. years. So if you've worked out the kinks, my question is, how have you done that? Uh, do you have specific roles for each other? Do you collaborate on everything? Do you go in your separate corners? What's your arrangement that works? Uh, all of the above. We, but the, the most important thing is, is we like to stay in your lane. Like stay, and we really have gotten better over time of refining what it is that each of us does. Uh, that was one of the biggest problems I think that we had initially was when she started working uh, with me on the team is we didn't define those roles and we just kind of all muddled together getting stuff done but there wasn't any sort of hey, you're in charge of marketing so that means you do all the marketing it was okay you're going to make a flyer but I'm going to go look at it and then I'm going to go make sure that it's the way that I want it and that created certainly some strife and now as we have kind of refined what we've done more and more. She does that. I don't need to respond to certain emails that come in from the team. She can take care of that, and I know it's taken care of, and I'm going to get back to making sure that our overall business plan is dialed in, that our training program is dialed in, and those type of things where we really separated who's doing what. And, man, that made a world of a difference. Help me out with that so I understand coming in from the outside. Do you have titles to help clarify that? Uh, and tell me more about the distribution of responsibilities. Yeah, yeah if we talk titles, I, I, can, I call her the, the general manager controller. Okay, she's the person that really is making sure that people are accountable. And that's her deep type personality. She's very good at that and catching things that, that I either don't see or ignore, frankly. So she's really good at, at doing those things. Then, um, so anything tied to our tracking, our numbers, uh, the actual 
you know, making our, our gift bags that we do for people. She's in, in control of doing all those things. And I don't, I don't know anything about them unless I just look at the numbers so I can see, but I don't know how they got there. I, and I used to be very uh, hands-on when it comes to, to looking at those things. And now she's, she really made it clear. I don't need to be. Well, that freed me up mentally to go focus on, you know, how do we get more business? How are we training our, our people? And, 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 you know, if I'm the team lead, I'm the guy that's out front, you know, and I'm the person that you know, gets promoted at those type of things. And she's more behind the scenes. And that, that I, we, we've written out kind of job roles and descriptions. And we did that a number of years ago. And that really helped out as well. And that was actually one of the things that, our, that we did with our coach was we had an Excel spreadsheet of all, of all the job tasks, everything that you could possibly do in real estate. And we gave it to our admin, Courtney and myself, all and buyers agents uh, didn't do this, but we, we had said, okay, you define who does what. And we came together and said, all right, you thought that was your job or you thought that was my job. I thought it was your job. Well, who's going to do this job? And once we did that, boy, that was eye-opening. It was really eye-opening to, to just list everything out. It was pages of Excel <laughs> documents that, you know, who's returning a phone call? Who's returning an email from a seller? Well, I thought that was your job. You thought it was my job. Okay, well, who's going to do it? Let's define that right now. And that really made a big difference. So if I'm understanding correctly, if I could just simplify it, it sounds like you're in charge of sales and marketing and she's in charge of the admin side, the back end of the office that's making everything work in the back. Great. Yep. Yes. My long-winded answer, and you made it very refined. Thank you. <laughs> you did an excellent job. I really like the idea of listing out all the tasks and splitting them up. That's pretty smart. And make sure that things don't fall through the cracks. Yeah, that was, that was really eye-opening. Fantastic. Well, Joe, let's do this. Uh, I want to switch gears and I want to talk about your uh, lead generation, how you're getting this, this business in. And um, I understand that your business is basically split. The majority of it is split into the two parts. You have internet leads that you're coming, you're getting, and that's about half your business. And you're also doing a lot of repeating referrals. So let's first talk about the internet leads and what you're doing there. What are you doing out there on the internet to bring buyers and sellers into your business? Yeah, it's, it's Zillow, Realtor.com, Trulia, uh, Homes.com. We uh, buy, basically. We, we have, you know, over time, Zillow has kind of morphed what they've done, what they have their new iteration here uh, coming. But we were basically buying zip codes and cities and various things there. And those sources have, you know, produced half of our income just on those. Um, as time has gone on, the return on investment has become less and less. We were getting initially a 12 to one. Now we're closer to two, 2.5. And that, at that level, that's not extremely profitable, if it is at all. And now with Zillow's morphing in, in Maricopa County, they have switched their pay per month uh, process to a referral based. So now, um, because of our long term history and premier agents and we're best of Zillow, we were able to have a significant portion of those leads still coming to us when they make this turn at the end of the year. So we won't have to pay out that monthly, but our team will have to be more accountable 
to Zillow as a partner because they're going to get a referral fee. And Zillow is one of our is, is basically our biggest lead source outside of past clients in Sphere. How big is it? How how many transactions are you actually getting from Zillow? We did, I, I want to say forty eight. Okay. Somewhere around there, high forties from Zillow. That's pretty big. That's pretty <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's a sizable amount. So four a month, and you had been paying on a, uh, you're buying leads, so you're paying per leads. Uh, it's, so you buy impressions. Right? Yeah, you buy impressions, so there's, you know, there's, an, there's no guarantee. Realtor.com gives you a guaranteed lead count. Zillow didn't. They said, here, you're going to get the leads that come in here. Okay. And uh, tell me more about this model change because I hadn't heard about it and some people listening may not have. Yeah, this is, it, it's significant. Think about it. Zillow's revenue over you know, 71% comes from agent spend monthly for advertising. What they've done is said, we're not going to take your money anymore, which is a pretty big deal for Zillow. At least here in Maricopa County, uh, there's a couple other spots that they've done this at already, test markets. This is going to be their biggest one. So no longer are we, are we buying zip codes and so forth. But the leads that come in, we have to track them with Zillow and, and basically show them, do we make an appointment and do we get something closed? Because if it closes, Zillow is going to take a referral fee from that. And that's how they're getting paid. Wow. And it's a significant shift. And Zillow has come out and said, we're only going to work with the best agents. That's all we want to work with. And so if somebody wants to buy into Zillow now in Maricopa County, you can't. You're, you're locked out. They're only using the people that were already premier agents within Zillow. So as time goes, I think that they'll open that up and they've, they, they've hinted to that that's going to be the case. But for right now, in the next few months, nobody else can get into Zillow. Are you, are you paying any, a monthly fee as well or just the referral fee? No, it's, and that's the trick. It's just the referral fee. And then and you're going to have to provide them with these reports. So now you have an administrative issue. You've got to do tracking and send reports off to Zillow. You're working for Zillow. It's straight. They're trying to make you their agent. Right. And, and if you, and that was part of my discussion with them is that, you know, Hey, uh, you know, are you guys eventually just going to open up your own brokerage and say, Hey, you just come work for us. And that's the way it's going to go. We'll see what happens with that. But the, they're basically, we have our CRM, they have their premier app, okay? You need to update that app, but within my team, you have to kind of double duty that. You can cut and paste is fine, but you've got to let us know on our side uh, with, our, with our CRM, because that's our hub, what's going on with the lead. But you also need to update it with Zillow as well. So there's no additional reporting or anything. It's just you've got to make sure that you're, you're updating those guys weekly. It's a report. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's a double-duty layer that, that our agents are having to do now. And it, it's, it's nice for a team lead because we don't have the you know, thousands of dollars a month going out and spend. But at the end of the year, that referral fee is pretty significant. And I think we're going to end up spending – more in referral fees, but less out of pocket as a debt load that comes out every month. That's the only reason Zillow would take that risk, right? Uh, Why would yeah. they give up a steady income stream for a, an unknown? It's because they think they're going to make more money. So what is the referral fee? What percent? It's, it's 
for right. anything over 200. Okay. And if it's less than 200, it's 25%. So it's 25% for a smaller deal and 35% for a larger deal. Right. That's interesting right. too, isn't yeah. it? Okay. Yes. So and they're going to take a third. But now you just told me the ROI on it was around two, two and a half percent. That's two, two, two to one, the two and a half to one. Yeah. So you're actually maybe okay. Yeah. We're, the way that we're anticipating this in, in our participation with it is that we're going to get increased volume. And the idea behind it is we're going to have more, it's direct connections. So when they have a phone call, somebody on, on the line, they're going to pass that to us. The anticipation is that's going to be a higher conversion rate than a typical, here's an email, try and follow up with this person. So if that comes to fruition, we should have a higher amount of closed transactions, which would offset a, uh, the referral fee. Now, that's an assumption. We've got to see. We'll see what happens over the next you know, two quarters. And, and make a distinction of, does this make sense to continue? Now, a quick word from our sponsor, Real GTV, real estate agent lead generation television, where top agents reveal exactly how they create consistent flows of home buyer and home seller leads into their practices every month. Need more leads? Hit the pause button right now. Open Google and search Real GTV. That's R E A L G dot TV. Now, back to the show. Prior to this change, uh, was Zillow sending you the lead and you were doing all the follow-up or were they doing uh, any kind of warm follow-up with the lead and then handing it off? They have their connection, uh, their data, their call center that handles some of those leads. And it's about a third of the leads that we were getting. They would live transfer those to us. The other ones that, the other leads that come in just through the email uh, that wouldn't get handled by them, then it's our responsibility to follow up. Your experience, the ones that they were live handling, were they closing at a higher rate than the ones that were just coming through? Yes, uh, because you've got somebody live on the phone. And what what was the difference, do you think? Just I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, it's probably, I don't want to necessarily guess, but they're probably turning it at two times. You know, It's probably twice as, as much conversion rate. And were they charging more for those ones that they were? No. So they no. were experimenting first. They were trying to get a handle right. on what's going on. Right. If there was a different business model that they, they could make right. more money for their shareholders. Yes. So let's let's yeah. be straight about that. Um, and you've got to decide as a business person, does it make sense to you? So here's my last question on this section. And that is, what are you going to do next? Are you going to continue to... Uh, invest your time in the Zillow model, or are you going to develop a different side of your business? Well, both, frankly, is is that we will. You know, Zillow's a you know we partnered with Zillow to 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 get those Zillow leads, but we also partner with Realtor.com. We also partner with Homes. Uh, we also do our own additional marketing that we're out there doing, and we are going to look as a as a piece of the pie. Will that be a profitable? system and if it's not then we'll have to reevaluate that but also what else can we do on the outside of that we, you know we've got other ideas for for 2020 of different marketing aspects to try and get our own leads specifically still see you know what works and what doesn't we've experimented with a, you know a lot of different things and they didn't work so 
what works and what's profitable, that's what we're going to continue with. Okay, so I got a, another question. I thought I was doing it, but I'm not. Um, as a business person, you're looking at this situation. You're trying to move yourself out of production. You've got buyer agents running around. Uh, I assume most of these are buyer leads. Let's go down that path for a minute. Uh, buyer comes in. Uh, the commission's going to be $100, and $35 has, has to go right over to Zillow. Right. You're left with $65. Uh, what is your arrangement with your buyer agent on these type of transactions? Are you paying? Well, first of all, what is your arrangement with them? Let's just go. Sure. We, we, we have, it's very straightforward. It's 50, 50, but that I have with the buyer's agents um, as far as the commission split goes with everybody. Um, we will, hopefully they don't, you know, watch this or listen to it, but we will look in the future to potentially have a, an adjustment uh, for those particular leads. Um, we're not doing that yet because that, we don't know. We have to look at the volume at that point and see if it makes sense. And, you know, this is an experiment for us as well. This is a rough one. So again, going back to our numbers, you got a hundred bucks coming in. Zillow takes 35. Your buyer agent's going to take 50. You're left with 15. 15% is right. a lot of money to run this team. No, it's, it's 50, 50. So that's 65%. We're splitting that. 32.5. Okay. So you're doing a, yeah. a margin split. So you right. got an arrangement where if there's a cost like a you know, referral fee in this case, right. uh, that comes off the top and the 65 is then split 50-50 with your buyer. Correct. Just like we would do a typical referral. We do the same thing with any referral that would come in. So you're it's the referral fee off the top and then go to our split. Your buyer agent's looking at 32.5 and, and Zillow gets more than both of you. Right. <laughs> just, right. Just being straight, right? Yeah, <laughs> It is, uh, it, it, yes, it's a, it's a pill that we're swallowing, and we'll see if we're going to continue to do that. I mean, it, again, we're going we're gonna to take a look at the entire process. You know, we, we've had a great relationship with Zillow up to this point. We're hoping that will continue and carry on. It, will it make sense long-term to do that? It's, it's going to have to increase volume in order to make sense to do that. Significantly, That's, yeah. Yeah. It reminds yeah. me of uh, agents that used to do a lot of relocation work and the fees got so high that a lot right. of them stopped doing it. Right. Those were 40, 45% at times on those relos. Absolutely. And you look and, and did it make sense? Well, if, you know, dollar price is high. You know, commissions uh, have been fluctuating here. So you've got a co-broke sometimes at 2.5%. We've even seen 2% out there. So now you're, you know, the model is built off at of 3%. And if that's not the case you know, really doesn't make sense to work this. Again, volume is going to be a big factor in this. What a fun one. What a fun <laughs> one. That's great. And, that, and you've got this challenge because that's a significant portion of your business. Right. It's hard to just drop it. And, and so right. I, I understand what you're doing. Thank you for sharing that. And I can't wait to find out, uh, talk to you in a year from now and see what happened and where you end up. Yeah. Uh, and so is there anything else uh, it, you'd mentioned that if uh, you, there's nobody in your market that can get in with Zillow right now, they're kind of locked things up for a couple months to figure this out. Um, and so an agent listening who wants to get in with Zillow, do you recommend that they proceed down that path or do you think they should look at other options at this point? Well, it's, it's, you know, to get in Zillow now, is not an option for them, right? Unless you join a team and, and, and work that way. Uh, the, I mean, there's plenty of other sources of, of business, and that's probably not the easiest path 
for a new agent to get into. Now, the market of doing it, like we talked about with this, it's called the flex plan, that's here, it's not everywhere. So if somebody's in California or Montana, you know, maybe there's that would make sense for them to try and jump into a zip code there and, and do that. But it's an expense that is significant and most new agents don't have that. And that's one of the points about a new agent coming into the business is you've got to treat this like a business. So many agents that you hear say, I got into real estate because you know, I like to look at houses. Well, that's great, but you've got to treat this like a business. So when you start a new business, if you were to open a restaurant, you're not going to make profit for, what, a year, six months, however long it's going to be. You've got to anticipate that as a new agent as well and have your business plan. What are your expenses and so forth? And really look at it that way. Even if you're a buyer's agent for somebody, you should really have a business plan set up. And you know, part of our industry, I think that's what's lacking is the mentality that you're running this like a business. So to your point, as a new agent, yes, you can look at those things as, a, as a, an expense, but you wanna look at the overall how you can make the most profitable decision for yourself. Very good, Joe. Let me do this. Let's switch gears. We're talking about marketing. We just talked about the internet side. Let's go over and talk about the referral side of your business, the repeating mm -hmm. referrals, your past clients and sphere of influence. First question I have for you is how big is your database of past clients and sphere of influence? We have about, well, we have about 4,200 people in our database. Roughly between uh, sphere and past clients, we're about 1,000 of that uh, that we're, you know, really connected with yeah okay and so how many of those do you think are past clients probably 750 somewhere around there okay so that's pretty significant good been doing this for a while and then uh your sphere of influence is another couple hundred so these are just the other people that you know yeah have you included the sphere of influence of your team members or is it just yours so they can they can input theirs into our crm and we market to them as well on their behalf. That's part of what we do. What CRM are you using? We use Chime. Chime. Chime hosts our website as well as our back office contact management. How's that working for you? Good. It's a local company. They're based out of Phoenix here and integrate with most everything. Had the features that we really liked. Cool. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's talk about the, how you're staying in touch with your past clients, these $1,000, $1,000, these thousand people. It's more than that. Past yeah. clients and sphere of influence. <laughs> Could you tell us what your annual marketing plan is to those folks? Uh, yeah, we, we stay in touch with them about once a month. Uh, we do multiple different things. Uh, we do mailers and uh, contests. We had a client appreciation party this year. Um, pop buys, those type of things. We have a, a outbound engine as a company that will do email blasts as well as posted on uh, Facebook and I think LinkedIn. I don't know, that's, I'm, that's not in my lane, uh, but that they, I know that, that those go out and so we, uh, we have a touch with them uh, on a professional you know, level on the email side of it, um, plus, of course, phone calls. We have a, a plan that is annual. We call it the annual follow-up plan, and it just prompts you to call them and just touch base. 
Joe, let's let's break out some of this marketing. It sounds pretty interesting to me. So first of all, you said mailers. How often are you mailing out? I believe that we do a, an actual physical mailer about once every two months. And that could be a calendar or you know, an actual mailing that goes out a postcard or something like that. Very good. And that's going out to all thousand? Yeah. Um, we have... Well, I take that back. We do about 700 mailings to those. Um, we kind of try to narrow that a bit to people that were really going to be, because it's past clients as well, and some of them might have moved away, and they're not coming back. You know, um, so we, we try to hone that in a little bit just for cost-saving measures of, of trying to squeeze the, the juice the best. You also mentioned you're doing contests. Tell me more about what that is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. We, we had done a jersey contest where we're, we're real close to the Arizona Cardinals facility the, where they play. And so we would, if somebody picked who was going to be in the Super Bowl correctly, they could win a jersey. And we actually didn't do that this year. And, and we, we noticed that people didn't care. So when we didn't do one of the mailers, people would call and say, hey, we didn't get that calendar. We didn't get the schedule for the Cardinals. Okay, that's something that people were inquiring about. But this jersey competition this year, we weren't really getting some interaction with people. And we decided, yeah, let's just not do it this year and see what happens. Nobody followed up with us about that. So clearly, it wasn't something that we were doing a good enough job at to promote to our, our past clients in Sphere because the, there wasn't any sort of interaction there. And uh, I think we're going to do that again because I like the idea of it. We're just going to have to do it better. So it sounds like the contest is part of your mail out. Yeah, we would do a mailing uh, every. We would send out a calendar of, of uh, for the Cardinals and the um, Arizona State and uh, U of A. We would have send those schedules out with a competition with a flyer in there that said, "Hey, you know, go and send us who you think that it's going to be in the Super Bowl and your your chances to to win are great." And that, yeah, that's how we sent that out. Did some, uh, some posting on that and so forth. I just think that we needed to, uh, we really need to kind of up that and make that more of a, um, more enticing for people. And maybe people don't care about jerseys. Maybe that was the thing that we were kind of, you know, losing the market on that one. And we'll see. You test it, you try it, see what happens. And it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. You got that feedback as to whether people were unhappy that it didn't continue. It's an interesting way to test whether people like what you're doing, just <laughs> doing it and see if anybody protests. Um, tell us about your client appreciation parties. How long you've been doing them? Uh, how often? And what are they? Uh, we just started doing those this year as part of you know this this kind of new marketing that we're getting to. Uh, we also have spring training facilities here in the Phoenix market. We have one here in Goodyear, Cincinnati Reds, uh, coming and have a very nice facility here. We teamed up with our title company and uh, a lender and basically got a, a giant area out in right field, invited past clients and had them come out and fantastic events. Great night, didn't watch one lick of baseball, but just interacted with people all day long or all night long, and it was, that was great. We, um, we're definitely going to do those again come March. 
Nice. And then the, the Popeyes, uh, that's where you stop by someone's house. How long have you been doing that? And uh, how years. long? Yeah, years. And we have, um, our fire stations are really good at, at that as well uh, to interact. And, and Courtney will make up uh, a holiday mug or something and put candy in it or something just to be able to, to literally pop by somebody's house and go knock on the door and see them. And we encourage the agents to have always something on hand in their trunk. So if they're close by, they can just go knock on the door. Tell me, what is this outbound engine? What was that? It's a, uh, it's a company that takes our database and will do different things as far as the emails. So they're kind of a content, constant contact type setup where they will mail out, uh, I think it's every three or four weeks email, uh, a tip or something that's branded with our information. And the thing that I really like about it is we can see how many opens we get and how much interaction we get from those emails. And they can tell which ones are working and which one's not. And so they're really trying to monitor those to get it to obviously a higher open rate. And then they also provide a competition there. Well, if we get a referral, somebody can enter to win an Amazon gift card. And that's completely done by them. And then it interacts with Facebook, I think, and, and one other social media. How long have you been working with them? Mm, probably three years. And is that working out? Are you getting yeah. business because of this? Yeah, we got some great inter interaction with clients. And I think we ended up selling three houses you know, the first year off of somebody responding to that, uh, those emails. And what kind of uh, cost is associated with this? It's only a couple hundred bucks a month, something around there, two thirty maybe. So for twenty five hundred dollars in a year, you had three closings. Uh, has the that first year? Yeah. Are you getting more closings now that you've been doing it longer? Is it still about three closings a year? It's, it's still right around in there. Okay. Yep. And and what we don't know is we've had more interactions with our past clients, and I think that is tied to that weekly or excuse me that monthly follow up that it's been getting. Because not everybody's necessarily going to respond to that email directly, but we're still getting great interaction with our clients that are calling in and, and sending individual emails. So I, th I do think that that has something tied in directly with them. Staying in touch with them. It sounds like your ROI on that was about seven to one. Oh, yeah. That's been great. Okay. So you'll continue to that. Oh, very good. Thank you. And is there anything else you're doing with your past clients or sphere of influence to generate more repeat and referrals? Uh, that you'd like to share? I, I don't think anything I, out of the ordinary, you know, letters, notes, phone calls, you know, just occasional text. I'm not a big Facebook guy, but I know that that is, you, you know, something you want to make sure that you're doing. And I'm trying to get better at interacting with people on Facebook just to, you know, comment on their posts and things. And that really does, that helps. I know it does. But just got to get more into it. You know, you got to do whatever works for you and whatever you're comfortable with. Uh, and, and that's kind of, you got to find what is, as you said, in your lane, right? Yeah. <laughs> what yes. you like doing. Right. Uh, then it's easy to do. Uh, so that makes sense. Very good. So uh, thank you so much for walking us through that. I'm going to switch gears now and talk about your team. You've been growing the team. Um, could you give us a, a quick outline of the structure of the team? So what we're looking for here is titles, so positions, and what they're responsible for. Could you give us that quick outline? Sure. Uh, buyer's agents. We currently have four buyer's agents. They're responsible for you know, taking care of incoming leads, buyers, obviously, specifically 
turning over any listing leads to the listing side. We do have a listing um, specialist now, a listing agent, uh, that can do some buyer's stuff if she wants to, but her main, main focus now is, is trying to get the listings. And uh, administrative person that is our listing manager that handles obviously all our, our listing stuff. Uh, she is in the office uh, every day, so she kind of has a broader title than just listing manager. Uh, she does do other things as well since she's here. Um, we have a transaction coordinator that's virtual. She lives up in Alaska, uh, but knows the market. She's been born and raised in Arizona, but then moved up there a few years ago. And so we've been working together for eight years, I think now, nine years. And uh, then my wife and myself. And I would describe that my wife is more of the controller, controller, excuse me, kind of, you know, the head person on the op side. And I'm, as the team lead, I am more of the uh, trainer, uh, sales manager, is really more what my role is, and then trying to figure out how to continue our business, kind of the, the, the broader uh, painter of our business plan. The comptroller, that's a, an odd name. It, it's, that? It's, it's somebody that, that, in essence, controls the processes of our company, both on the financial side, and that, I think that's the more standard way to look at it, but on the operation side as well. So every commission that we have come in, she makes sure that those numbers were right. And uh, our, on our listings, she wants to make sure that the, the, the processes for filing those listing paperwork were done correctly. So she's, she's holding us accountable to those things and making sure that, our, that we're doing them correctly. Very good. Now, people listening, uh, if they're thinking about uh, adding team members, uh, in particular agents, they have a lot of questions about that. It just always pops up there. Uh, if they either haven't done it or they're thinking about adding another one, would you mind disclosing to us what you're doing with compensation with your agents? That's where people seem to get hang, hung up a little bit. Sure. Uh, what kind of splits or arrangement have you made? We're, we're really simple. It's 50-50 for buyer's agents. That's I think the kind of the industry standard, some people do 60-40 and, you know, make that adjustments. We don't. And we just keep it really simple. And that's worked. That's worked for years. And, you know, for that, you know, what, what our company side takes that 50%, I think they get quite a bit. And they get office space, they get leads, they get counseling, you know, um, business cards, marketing, that kind of thing, of course, uh, and just more opportunities. In exchange for that, that's where you know the fifty percent comes from, and really, I think it's a pretty good deal for for buyers agents for for the you know what we have. How about on the listing side? We're because that's newer. We're experimenting. The industry standard is between twenty five and thirty five percent for the the listing agent, and the rest goes to the company because it's a more expensive. Uh, process there for us to do. Uh, we're at 30 right now, and we're going to look to see, do we make adjustments with that? And well, we don't know. We're, we're, we're testing that out to see how it goes. And I've got a great agent that we talk all the time about, hey, what's working, what's not? How you feeling with this? So that we're making sure that you know she's comfortable with it, and still we can make a profit in our business. Sure. Make sure everybody wins. And that yeah. makes sense to me. That sounds about right. People are listening to us now. They've listened to your business model, the, the Zillow issue, the marketing, the team members, you're stepping out of production. The question they're going to ask is, are you profitable? 
<laughs> yes. Uh, and as you know, when you run a business, you know, some of that, we are profitable. Our profit, if I look for my, maybe I shouldn't say this, my accountant, uh, the tax guy, you know, we're probably 20% profit, but um, as the, you know, owner of the team, uh, we had to get certain perks, obviously, that, uh, you know, increase that profitability if we were going to sell the business, um, that, that, that there is more profit involved there than what we're disclosing on our, on our taxes. And it's completely legal, you know, employee benefits, those type of things that we, that we take. Are you paying yourself a salary? Yes. Yeah. As a corporation. Salary and, and maybe health insurance or some other. Business? Exactly. Right. Yeah. So we get a salary out of that and that um, is on top of profit. That's coming out and then the profits at the end after that. Right. So we're running like a business like you're it's, supposed to do. It. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost like a real business, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And now 20% was last year while you right. were still in production. What do you think it's going to be this year now that you're doing this uh, evolving and you're, you're moving out of production? Yeah, it's, you know, we, we were still in that 20, 25% range the first two quarters of the year. That's gone down slightly because, uh, you know, of this kind of transition. So we'll see what it ends up at the end of the year. You know, if we're still at 15% profit, I'm, I'm okay with that for the, for the transition period, but when you get, you know, clearly we'll need to get that back up if, you know, if we're going to continue on this path that we're doing. How often do you track your P&L, your profit and loss? We look at that, well, I look at that at least once a week, but uh, it's, it's constantly monitoring. Good. Very good. Joe, let me ask this. What drives you? you know, doing the right thing is important to me. Making sure that I've got two kids, two boys, one's in college, just started this year, and another one's a sophomore in high school, and making sure that you know, their lives are as fulfilled as I can make them as a father. And money isn't the driving force of anything I do. It, it never has been, and hopefully it never will be. It's about the the overall environment and the experience of doing something. And that really is more a motivator for me than chasing a dollar. Might, might not make me the best business person, but it really, I, I just, you know, we're, we're only on this earth for a short amount of time. And I, I just see things, I think, um, a little bit differently than, than trying just to chase money. We want to have, you know, a good experience and have a, a great life. And I think the first 10 years of working in this business was extremely hard because I worked so much and just kind of had a, a mental shift after a little while and realized, man, your kids grow up. Uh, it, and you look back and you think, wow, I, I missed that opportunity or was, you know, more opportunities that I could, could have taken with you know, my family. And now I want to make sure that my team and my family are both kind of seeing the same thing, that they're willing to or, or able to, like our, we had a buyer's agent say, hey, my kid's got a, you know, a golf tournament here in 30 minutes. They, we just found out about it. Like, have fun. You know, don't miss that opportunity. Answer, you know, answer the follow-up leads or get somebody else to cover them. But we want to have that ability to go and do those things so we can have a well-rounded, blessed life. And that's really what we're trying to accomplish. Very good. 
Joe, if you're going to advise a brand new agent just getting in the business, what would you tell them to do first? I would tell them to pass their license uh, and have an idea, have a why, have a reason you know, that, that you're trying to accomplish here and join a team. That's something I'm going to encourage somebody to do. Join a reputable, you know, quality team with the idea that you're going to be there for a few years and then stay on the team if you want or spread your wings and, and go do your own thing, but go learn from that uh, and really run this like a business. Have a business plan. Know what you're intending to do and then do it. Joe, this has been really fun. Uh, I've come to the end of my questions for today. Do you have any parting thoughts for the listeners? No, thank you. I, I'm, I'm honored to be here. You, you've, you've gotten some and interviewed some really amazing agents on the list of you know, people that you've got to talk to. I'm, I'm just lucky and, and humbled to be you know, part of that. I, 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 thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Joe, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you about your business today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. All right. Take care, Joe. All right. Bye. If you like the show and want to know when the next one's coming out, click the subscribe button. And if you want to hear more episodes like this, give the show a five-star review and write a quick comment. I read them all, and it motivates me to keep going and share the top agent success stories with you. Thanks. If you're looking for more ways to generate leads, check out our sponsor, Real GTV, real estate agent lead generation television, and their giant database library of video trainings where top agents reveal, demonstrate, and discuss their best lead generation methods. Visit RealGTV, R-E-A-L-G dot TV. If you're low on funds or just want to get the maximum leverage, check out my masterclass webinar titled Top 5 Free Lead Sources for Real Estate Agents. Learn more at FreeLeadTime.com. That's FreeLeadTime.com. Oh, and if you have a real estate friend who needs some inspiration, tell them about the Success Calls podcast. And don't you forget to subscribe right now to hear all the great top agent ideas. Keep moving forward. You've been listening to Success Calls on the Mastermind Agent Network, where top real estate agents from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the calls at www.mastermindagent.com.